be reading from Romans chapter 15, beginning at the 14th verse. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written to you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way round to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and that you will assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me lead us in a prayer. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet, and we ask that you would give us light from your word tonight to help us understand again um, the message about Jesus, the gospel, why it is good news, and why it is for all people, and what flows from that that as a church, we are to be those sharing in the work of getting that uh, good news out across the world. And that means that we must be ready to give ourselves to prayer. So please, would you teach us and train us, rebuke us and correct us where we need that by your word, that we would um, be refreshed and ready to serve you in these ways. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, as I said just there, um, we've been thinking about prayer. So tonight in these verses, um, we're going to be reminded of, of why Christians believe uh, 
prayer is so important in the Christian life. Um, and we're thinking specifically about prayer for, for mission. Um, now, at the back, we have got a board telling us uh, who this church is connected to in terms of people who are, uh, have gone to different parts of the world to tell people about Jesus. And so uh, we would refer to these people as our mission partners. Um, and, and people here tonight, um, as well as maybe knowing some of those, you, you may have people that you know who have gone to different parts of the world, different parts of the UK, um, to tell people about Jesus or to, to do something that serves that work. And so we're thinking tonight about the importance of praying for those doing that work. There is a danger that we could end up thinking that something is happening far away from us um, is, is of slightly less importance when it comes to our praying. It, it's uh, important, but there's other things to focus on. M lots of us would, would know what it's like to just be immersed in, in life and, and the, the things that are in our eye line, the things that are right in front of us, most immediate, most imminent, round about us, those are the things that fill our, our time in prayer and our, our prayer lists and other things get left to the side and there's a danger that um, mission partners and those doing gospel work that they can be forgotten about and not prayed for and so tonight um, if you are praying already for mission partners this is to encourage you to keep investing that time that it is a worthwhile investment, a worthwhile labor. If, if we're not or if we're struggling to do this, then it's going to be a reminder of why we should have this as a priority. We're going to think, why must prayer for mission be a priority? And to help us do that, we're going to think about um, some um, background in the letter that we've just read from where Paul writes to some Christians who are in Rome. And uh, in that, he reminds them um, uh, in the letter, what God is doing in the world. And we heard a little bit about that in, in uh, something that Corin shared about the gospel, the good news about Jesus being shared in the world. Um, I've got a little summary here which says this, um, God is creating a united mission church. God is creating something in the world. Okay, and there's three parts in this little summary. It's a united mission church church. And just by way of background, I'll just say a little bit about each. So church is not the building. It's it, in the, in, when, when Paul talks about the church, he's talking about people believing in Jesus. People believing in Jesus. So that's the church. And he wants us to see that that, that is a global thing. That is a global family. Okay. Made up of lots of little local churches like we are here tonight, but part of a global church where people are connected because they're connected to Jesus. So that's the church bit. The second bit is the, the united bit. Um, people believing Jesus are united to, to God. They have a father in heaven because of Jesus who died on the cross and rose again. Sin, that's how sinners, Paul says, that's how sinners are saved. And, and by the way, he says, all people are sinners and need a savior. All people need Jesus. So the church are people who are united to God, but also united to one another, people and people. 
together in this family, brought together. And we get a flavor of that in our reading. There's quite a lot going on in the reading. Do you know what? We're actually going to really just focus on one verse tonight. That's the good news. Um, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but in this reading, we hear about what Paul has been doing. And it, he's writing to Roman, Roman Christians, Christians in Rome. He's telling them about something that he's going to do, which is take an offering of a collection to the Christians in Jerusalem. And at the same, same time he's telling them about this, he's saying, and then I want to come and see you in Rome. I've tried to do it before and it hasn't quite happened, but I want to do it. And then I want to go on to Spain, okay, to tell more people about Jesus. But this offering in Jerusalem is money that has been gathered by the Gentile church, which is what Paul's focus has been, non-Jews who have turned to Jesus when Paul has preached and when others have preached. And that offering is now from the Gentiles, the non-Jews, it's going to be taken to the Jewish church in Jerusalem to help them in a time of need, but also to demonstrate that the church is, is people united through Jesus. In this instance, non-Jews and Jews. It's broken down any barriers. And uh, even uh, here in St. John's, we know something of this, that people brought together, trusting in Jesus from many different countries, backgrounds, ethnicities, but trusting in Jesus and part of the same family. So Paul wants us to see that. That's the united bit. And then the mission. Well, the mission, in his words, look at chapter 15, verse 20. His ambition has to be, has been, he states it here. My ambition is to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. And then verse 23. Now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, since I've been longing, uh, he's going to move on to new places to tell people about Jesus. So he reminds them that the, the gospel is something that is expanding so that more and more people find out about Jesus. So that's what God is doing. And from that, we're going to think of why we should be praying about that. Three parts. We're going to start with verse 30. And, and we're pretty much just going to divide actually only half a verse because actually we're, we're, you're getting short changed tonight we're only going to do if you look with me join me in my struggle by praying to God we're just going to divide that into three bits that's going to be the sections if you get lost you'll be able to find your place again verse 30 second half join me in my struggle by praying to God for me so the first part there he says to these Roman Christians, join me, and he means in this work. He's basically, verse 30, he said, I urge you, brothers and sisters, okay, family language, by our Lord Jesus Christ, he's in charge of us, he's our Lord. You, I, you know, they, they probably haven't met Paul and these Christians, but he calls them brothers and sisters because they're joined. They have the same Lord. And they have a love for each other which has been given by the Spirit. And so because of these things, he says, that's the basis 
for this appeal that you, you join me in my work, even though I'm not going to be working in Rome, I'm hoping to get to Spain. Miles away, but I want you to join me in this work. So he's saying, because of what God has done for us, join me. Um, we are in this together. You Christians in Rome, me somewhere else, we've a part to play. And on that basis, we have a part to play here with those mission partners that are scattered in different places around the world. Um, if they were tempted to think that's for the specialists, Paul is saying, no, the whole church is to join in this. If they were tempted to think, um, for this term, we're just going to focus on, on building one another up. We're not going to think about mission. Paul is saying, no, join me in mission. It's a priority all the time for everyone in the church. In fact, you could put it this way. He's, he's reminded them that this is what God is doing. And so it's a family business. If you're part of this family, this is our business to do this mission. I asked this morning if anyone was currently working in the family business and there wasn't anybody. Is there anybody here tonight who's doing what their mum or their dad did? And this is spectacular. Um, I th Simon Lawson should have spoken up. He was here and he has very much taken on the family business. But I guess the day of bakers, for many generations being bakers or butchers or other jobs like that, following in the family business uh, would be something familiar. Well, the family business for Christians is the work of helping other people understand about Jesus. We should just think, okay, David, what, what does that mean? Well, first of all, I think it's striking to notice that he addresses the whole church. And so um, we shouldn't just think that it's for some who are like the special forces in the church and, and the, the, they're the mission team. This is, this is a job for all to share in. Some of us will, will know that we, it's, we don't want to preach the gospel. Um, but... All of us can pray for people preaching the gospel, the good news about Jesus. And actually, I think this is saying that that is equally important as preaching the gospel, to be praying for the gospel being preached. Because the preaching of the gospel will not achieve things the way it would if it's prayed for. And so there is the work to share in. And by God's grace, things happen, but the encouragement here is to be praying. And he says, join in. He says it's to be urgent, it's to be a priority. Don't delay, you'll be tempted to put this off. There's a part to play. So that's the first thing, join in. We need to hear that here at St. John's. The, the second thing, back in verse 30, is this is going to be a struggle. This will be a struggle. So look how he describes it in verse 30. Um, join me in my struggle, which is the mission work. Um, join me in my struggle by praying. He wants them to know that, that he's in a struggle, 
and he wants them to share in that struggle. He wants the Roman Christians to know that they're going to have to roll up their sleeves. This is going to be hard work. He wants them to work hard at this, that it will be costly. He wants them to know that they will have to make choices about doing this, that about fitting this in with the rest of life, with work, with family, with studies, with home group, with going to the gym in Rome or wherever, seeing friends. He, he wants them to know that this is to be a priority, um, but it will be costly. Because who's not busy in Rome or today? People are just busy. Who's not tired in life? This will be costly. Um, and, and that's just a load of important things that I've listed there. That's not even getting to the unimportant things that we fill our lives with, like wasting time doing stuff or being distracted or to focus on this priority, it will take effort. It will be a struggle. And Paul wants them to understand that, ultimately because this is actually a spiritual battle. The, 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 the devil most wants to keep Christians from praying um, and praying for gospel mission partners. Let me read this little illustration, which... I thought sums up the struggle. Um, a famous Christian um, wrote on these verses, to strive in prayer for a person or for a cause means to live, feel, and suffer with that person or for that cause. That alone requires a great struggle. It will be costly. And then a little note um, that says, in terms of prayer meetings, I've rarely wanted to go to a prayer meeting, although usually, or although I usually, no, let me read that again. I've rarely wanted to go to a prayer meeting, although I usually go home glad that I went when I invested the time. Can we relate to that? Because it's a struggle. It, it's a hard business to meet and pray and make that a priority. What are we to do? How can we help and encourage one another in this? Well, first of all, just to acknowledge that it's going to be a struggle. Um, we've got to find ways to make this happen in our individual situations and within the church and within life. Um, praying yes for mission partners uh, by ourselves but I think praying with others as well I think I think that has to be the chief help here I suppose you could pray that you would be helped to pray but when we have a meeting or an agreement with others there's something about that which is just going to help us stick at it and turn up and do it if you are doing this, keep going with it. It is such a precious labor and so vital. If you're new or struggling, then maybe now is time to try and make a fresh start in this and to be helped with others. I, I've shared often how um, at home growing up, 
um, going along to the prayer meeting at church when I was 16, 17, I think, was, I think, the single most thing that has helped me in my prayer life. Um, it's, it's not a boast, it's just something that I look back incredibly thankful for because it, it just helped me to learn how to pray. I think in the New Testament, we see this young church making praying together a priority. I think when we look at history down through the ages, we see the church continuing to make meeting together to pray a priority. When we read of revival and times when God has poured out his blessings in places, it's always linked to the church praying. Some of us will be going off to new places. Some of us will be starting things afresh here. I want to encourage us to find in whatever is going on, a way of making this work and having it as a shared priority. Um, I, I, uh, I have to be at the prayer meeting, I work here, but uh, I want to encourage you to try and make it a priority to come. I think it's a good priority and a good way to help us in one another in this struggle There'll be other ways to do it. There's a Monday morning for some ladies. There'll be small groups. But I think we mustn't start to get into the habit of saying it's only a prayer meeting. It, there'll be good reasons to not be there sometimes. But there's better reasons to be trying to make it our habit. Um, let me read... Um, yeah, let me read this little illustration. Imagine the devil's despair. I'm, uh, the devil's despair as he hears a report from junior de devils about what's going on with Christian Christians. Um, I'm afraid we can't stop them praying altogether. Some of them have got in the habit. It will be a struggle, but we mustn't neglect it last part of verse 30 last part of verse 30 join me in my struggle by praying to God for me because only God can do the work of creating a people only God can change someone's hearts and so, we must keep that focus. Prayer puts the focus on God to do what only God can do. You see, we could buy into the thought that works with so much of life that if we have the right strategy, can't even say it, if we have the right strategy, the right people in the right places, if, uh, if we're slick in lots of ways, um, that things will just happen, that God is bound to bless these things, but actually the encouragement here is, is to pray. It really demonstrates Paul's humility, I think, that he was divinely given a mission, and yet still he feels the need to ask people to pray for him, um, to pray for him, 
Um, I remember an illustration which was stuck with me for a long time. Uh, a doctor friend used to come and talk to youth at our church. I think his full title was forensic pathologist, which meant he got to cut up people and look at bodies. And like, medics, please don't tell me this is wrong because it's really helped me in my praying. <laughs> um, and his phrase was this. He used, he used to turn up with all these pictures and everybody loved that, mostly loved it. Um, and so he did a talk about... Uh, Nerves, and, and don't tell me if it was wrong, Claire, but nerves that seem to be responsible for movement in the body and in the arm. And description of nerves that are very small, but which can help an arm move. And from that, he, he told, don't tell me it was wrong, he told me, um, prayer, think of it as the slender nerve that moves the strong arm of God. The slender nerve. That's when we exercise faith by praying. And that is of significance because of God's mighty arm and God being able to do amazing things and only God being able to do amazing things. When we pray, they put the focus on God and when we pray, we have to trust him for the results. If you're wondering what happened um, to Paul's prayer points here. I'll give you them very, very quickly. So he, he, he asked them in 31 and 32 to pray for, for three things. So you'll see it in 31. Um, first of all, to be kept safe from unbelievers in Judea, and then to be the, 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 the offering, the contribution to be re favorably received, and, and then that if it was God's will, he would come to them in Rome. So um, from other places in the Bible, we can see how God answered these prayers um, and it, it's just a good reminder that not even um, the apostle was guaranteed to get what he asked for he didn't have a hotline he had to say as he says in verse 32 if it's God's will and so when we pray we have to leave the results to God here's what happened to Paul he was delivered from the unbelievers but only to be locked up by the Romans for two years in prison um, he had to leave the results to God. The collection was accepted as much as we can understand um, by the Jewish Christians, but because he was arrested, they probably remained suspicious of him. So this just illustrates that God answers prayer, but we need to trust him about how he answers it because he's sovereign. He did get to Rome. He was refreshed. We read about it in, in Philippians. But he arrived there in Roman chains. Um, when we pray, we put the focus in God. When we pray, we trust him for the results. And, and lastly, in this little section, when we pray, we give God the glory. Because we're, we're saying, this is beyond us. We need you to work. Only you can do these things. If we could see a hot spot of the country in terms of where God is being glorified, the prayer meeting would be a massive hot spot because when we pray, we're saying not us, but you, and we're giving glory to God. Let me finish with this little quote um, 
which is from Hudson Taylor, who was a famous, famous missionary um, uh, and founded the China Inland Mission. And this is what he made it his objective and what helped him in prayer. He made it his objective to move men and women through God by prayer alone. That that was the most significant thing he could be doing. Let's pray. Father, please help us to know that uh, the gospel is the most precious thing that we can understand. Um, it's the best news. Um, it's life-changing. And we are uh, utterly undeserving of your grace. And so please help us again to rejoice in Jesus and to know that just as he was sent to us and others have told us about him, we are to share in the work of uh, spreading the good news. And so the priority of mission is a right one and we must uh, share in this work by being ready to share in the struggle and by praying and give us fresh resolve and clarity in these days to uh, be obedient and trusting you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.